What is going on in the NFL? It is almost like every general manager. It's almost it's almost like we're playing like a like a GM mode in like in like a Madden right Madden. now. And people are just yeah. all over the place, crazy sending guys left and right. We literally get a report out that's saying, oh, the Chiefs and Tyree Kill are not they're not really close on their contract deals, and now it's kind of soured. And then like 30 minutes later, he's on the Dolphins. I love it. It's great. It's chaos. But what? Um, which got us thinking, which got us talking. What is the value of some of these guys? Now, in some one of our leagues that we're in together, I started dogging on Tyreek Hill's value right away. And I was just saying that I feel like it's dropped. And I'll explain why here in a little bit. But I, I feel like I every player that gets traded has an increase or a decrease in value at least on surface like surface like viewing like you know just from a quick glance right now they're probably good they're probably going down like we can as we can assume we can be wrong but let's just kind of talk about where we are now and what why we think guys are moving up and down so today is called stock watch here on the cheap seats second and shorts rendition of fantasy and dynasty football and we're not going to talk about their NFL, um, the NFL impact they're going to have. We're going to talk about fantasy. We're going to talk about dynasty impact they're going to have since we're in the dynasty offseason. But I am Tyler Lauder, your host, joined with Jason Teasley, our uh, dynasty expert over on the coast. I'm doing all right. Just wondering if this is the craziest offseason uh, that the NFL could potentially come up with. I mean, like you said, I, I feel like this is just a bunch of uh, people that's got inebriated and just started just throwing stuff around them. Yeah, we'll take that deal. Like, like it's drunk fantasy football. This is, this is like as if one of your buddies in your league is getting married <laughs> and you're all at the wedding. And instead of everybody dancing, you're all running around table. Like who wants this? Who wants this? And you just start kind of shuffling <laughs> yeah. the deck. And it's, it's insane. I like it. I like yeah, it. I do as well. Um, so with that being said, let's kind of talk about the big offensive trades um, that, we think have an impact on the NFL and then dynasty wise that not really NFL, but like that have impacted the NFL and that are going to impact dynasty. And we'll just go from the most recent down to until we decide to stop here. So we'll talk about Tyree kill at first. Now I've already said that I have a kind of a down on Tyree kill. Now I still value him as probably like number 10, like nine, 10, 11 range is probably where I'm sitting him. He's probably at the back end of my top 10 now for dynasty value. Oh, yeah. A couple reasons why he's going to be approaching, uh, I believe he's 28 right now. He's going to be approaching yes. uh, age 29 season, uh, historically approaching age 29 season on a new team with a massive contract extension. We don't see players really translate into top five uh, wide receivers after that. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and there's a very... Yep a very small list of guys that have done that guys like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss type S guys. And this isn't me now dogging saying Tyreek Hill is an elite, but when we talk about what he's doing, he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. That's a downgrade. No matter, even if Tua improves, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. So it's, it's just a downgrade or he's in the top three, top three, whatever, however you want to spit it. Yeah. <laughs> he's right in, he's, he's in that cusp of rotate these three players and you're probably pick and write but he goes to Tua, yeah. um which now he has to have a quarterback that throws with a different hand which probably isn't much of a big deal 
ball spiral like spins the opposite way but that's probably not a big deal um just something to note but on top of that though he goes to a system where instead of just having travis kelce who he's dealing with taking away targets uh, he goes to a team that already has Devonte parker uh they already have jalen waddle they have mike gasecki who mind you 80 percent of his snaps he lines up at receiver even though he's tight end yeah they just signed chase edmonds he's just signed most well, most are, uh, they still have gaskins on the team uh, they went out and signed Cedric Wilson at receiver as well. It's really crowded there, and the target share might not be high, especially for a team that just hired a, a running back specialist coach that we're all talking about. And it's like, well, everybody's saying Tyreek Hill might become Debo Samuel's role now, and he might just run the ball more. Sure, he might, but more receptions equals more points because most people play PPR. So... For me, I think his value has dropped a little bit from the cusp of being in the top five to now being in the bottom five of the top 10 is kind of where I have his range at. So it's a small drop. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've actually uh, actually put the two biggest trades. Um, I made a little side bet that both of them will fall out of the top 10 and not finish in the top 10 this year. And we bet a uh, second round pick on it next year. So that's interesting. But yeah, I think uh, he'll take a significant step back when with Tua over Mahomes. Uh, I'm not a Mahomes truther. I, I'm, I think people hype him up, not that he's not talented, but I think he, um, his elusiveness when running the ball and being able to throw off the run makes him a formidable threat because he can, he gets unreal angles uh, when he's throwing the ball. And it's, mm. it's actually impressive. Uh, he's not going to go, uh, he's not going to have that now. He's got Tua, who doesn't have a very deep ball. Um, Tyreek Hill can stretch the field. Waddle uh, can stretch the field. Um, so you got a quarterback that doesn't have a very strong arm uh, versus a quarterback that had a, a massive cannon of an arm. So there's going to be some adjustment. Uh, you talked about the spiral and everything. You also got to look at it as a trajectory of the ball coming off. You, you, if you're used to a right-handed quarterback, you position your body a certain way for adjustments and everything. Going to a left-handed quarterback, you have to go to a con completely different mindset because the ball is going to be, you know, at about a six-foot difference, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're positioning your body, when you're going up for 50-50 balls, that can make a difference. If you've got a, um, if you're used to a right-handed uh, quarterback, putting somebody on your inside, leaving you, you know, that is a body mechanics that you're going to have to adjust to and get familiar with. Yeah, and I know, I know what a lot of people's argument will be, and they're going to argue this too when we talk about Devontae Adams here too, is that, well, he's probably going to draw more single coverages then because they have so many weapons. And while that might be true, that also means that Jalen Waddle is going to be solo coverage and he's going to work more underneath than Hill will. And I feel that I think Waddle is like the perfect type of, of receiver for Tua. I think Mike Gusecki is a perfect pair with Tua. Devontae Parker is a perfect pair with him. And I think bringing Cedric Wilson was a perfect pair for him. I think Tyreek Hill's um, skill set is something that they needed. The Dolphins did. I don't think it's for Tua though. So realistically let's tailor it down he's probably going to see a drop in targets seeing a drop in targets is going to see potentially a drop in 
um, in yards and touchdowns and catches potentially he could have one of those where he catches like 90% of his targets type thing. And it doesn't really matter, but for right now, a little, a little slight downgrade for me. And I'm not willing to send, you know, multiple first round picks for Tyree kill anymore. Now let's talk about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan goes to the Colts for a third round pick teams in pretty good position. Um, they got this nice sort of run game still going on there, which can help Matt Ryan, a nice offensive line. They don't have a true number one wide receiver. Um, I'm not a big Pittman believer. Uh, T.Y. Hilton still, you know, he's old. Um, I just, I, I think that the Colts need to, the Colts need to sign another receiver. I really think they need to. What I think this kind of does, though, is this might give somebody like, um, this might increase like Mo Ali Cox's value at tight end. We could see that who's like an athletic profiling tight end that could kind of see an uptake by being paired with Matt Ryan. Um, We're probably going to see them use Liam Hines a little bit more in the passing game. Not saying he wasn't before, but just more for Matt Ryan's sake. And um, yeah, I, I think that this is move is like, it's, it's not, it's not really an increase too much for me. It's just kind of like, it's just there. He stays in that tier four quarterbacks for dynasty wise. Yeah, I think it's a, a lateral move. Uh, but I'm going to point out something. Uh, there's still a serviceable receiver that is a free agent currently in Jarvis Landry that can go to, that could go to be a number one in Indianapolis. Um, and I think that that would be a good fit. Uh, and that would give Ryan an uptick. Uh, not a great one. Um, I mean, may move him up three spots most. I still think as a mid-tier QB2 uh, fill-in. I don't think he's going to crack that uh, QB1 uh, starter uh, tier um, for the rest of his career, but I think it gives him an uptick. Now, I like this. I like I like Ryan getting a, um, a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, the Atlanta Falcons posted a goodbye video to Drew Brees that was longer than a longer than what they did for Matt Ryan, who spent his career in Atlanta. Seems to happen a lot uh, in the NFL nowadays. Yeah. Um, loyalty gets no rewards. Uh, but I like this. I, I like this. I think this is the first time Ryan's going to have a dominant running back uh, behind him uh, on the level of Taylor. Um, Freeman was pretty good in his when he was younger. There was a good year or two with Freeman. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like, like there was like two year span where he was like a top five, top ten running back in the league at the time. But <laughs> what, what what I think the thing here is that I don't think the Colts are going to change their game plan. Uh, they were they were ten and zero in games last year that uh, Jonathan Taylor had over 100 rushing yards, I believe, and they were zero and seven in games that he did not have 100 rushing yards. I think in games where they run the ball more, they're going to have more success. I think they're going to try and get the most out of him before he hits the second contract. So I can see more of this stuff continuing over this next year. And I don't know if for me that it's going to Matt Ryan's change of scenery, isn't going to do enough for me to like, say like he is now in that, you know, 16 quarterback range. I still have him around like quarterback 20 for me. And I, I when I honestly wouldn't, I wouldn't trade more than a second round pick for him at all. I would set a second round pick for him in a super flex league. I'd be okay with that, but I, I don't think his change of scenery is like upped his value too much for me. 
now moving on to Robert Woods. Robert Woods goes from the Rams to the Titans because uh, they somehow they pulled an Allen Robinson. They still want to bring an OBJ, and it's for a 2023 six-round pick. Now, Woods did tear his ACL. That is a big thing to worry about. But Robert Woods is Mr. Consistent. He, yes. is, he is what a wide receiver two is supposed to be, where he's probably going to finish anywhere from 13 to 24 on a given year. And now he goes to Tennessee, who needs a number two. And, I mean, he probably won't be healthy by OTAs, but, I mean, I could see him being healthy by the start of the season. And for me, this is a guy that I believe his value is, has dropped, but it shouldn't have. I think the perception of value has dropped, but the mm. but he is a great buy low candidate that you would yes. receive massive rewards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think him going there with a run game opposite AJ Brown, I think he's going to feast on the coverage that he's going to draw. Now, this is granted he comes back healthy, you know, mm-hmm. no setbacks or anything. Uh, I think he's going to feast with the run game with Derrick Henry. Uh, I think it elevates everybody around him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a great by low candidate. That should not be a by low candidate. Uh, people are going to going to say, oh, well, you know, Tennessee's a, a run first team. They've got A.J. Brown there. Tannehill's not that great of a quarterback. Look at the numbers. Uh, you're going, he's going to, he's going to produce. I think he, a realistic expectation for him is going to be, around a wide receiver 16 i think i think that's a good expectation to set for him yeah and i think that the titans are there i think they're going to slowly realize that they need to tailor um their game a little more to passing and kind of not bury derrick henry so much especially coming off of injury i could see something where he's sitting around 250 to like 280 carries instead of hitting over that 300 mark which would result in like more passes and if uh if that's the case then yeah the robert Woods should be able to do well and feast and overall i i think i think that uh this move is it could probably be looked at as lateral because he's going from a, an, an offense that passes a lot but has a lot of options uh to an, to another offense that runs the ball a little bit more but he's also going to get to play against like the Jacksonville Jags and the, you know, the Houston Texans and their poor pass coverages that they have there. So that's another benefit we have there. Now let's talk about Deshaun Watson. That's the next trade that went down. If we're going in reverse order. Um, I think Deshaun Watson's value increased by him coming back to the NFL. I don't think being in Cleveland makes much of a difference, to be honest. Um, I think being on a team that runs the ball so much will probably make it so he's not a top five dynasty quarterback for me, um, which is where he was prior to him not playing last year. He was like quarterback four or five. Um, I, I think he's safely in like the quarterback six to eight range. And I don't think it's really yeah. shifted much because of Cleveland. Yeah, I have him by my quarterback eight. Uh, I think. You know, his return to the NFL kind of shakes up that top 10, but him returning to Cleveland, who's doing a lot of retooling um, and as a predominantly run-first offense with uh, Hunt and Chubb, I think 
that kind of limits him his ceiling. Um, so I think he's going to get a lot of rushing yards in that offense. But yeah, I mean, he he's a he's an uptick from what you know being out for a year. And you got to think about it. Did was he putting in work that year? Was he staying in shape? Was he working on his mechanics? Is there going to be any rust? So that's where sub you also got to think of. I think he's got the opportunity to be something good uh, and get back to his former glory. But I also think that you need to uh, tape your expectations thinking he's going to be in that top three, four range. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I don't think, I mean, but then again, we also have to talk about the potential suspension that's going to come. Uh, we'd have to assume there's a suspension coming. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we have to assume that, but just like whenever a player has legal trouble, I just assume a suspension comes a year later. And so yeah, that's something that they're, the Browns are going to have to deal with too as well and adjust. And we're going to see it's probably going to impact them this year, but going forward, he probably should still be remaining in that uh, you know, QB1 range. All right, let's keep steamrolling through this. Let's talk about Devontae Adams going from the Green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is almost identical to what Tyreek Hill happened. He's going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, which is probably a closer gap than Mahomes to Tua. Yes. But still a downgrade. And now he's going from a team where he was sharing the target load with Aaron Jones. I don't know who was really taking <laughs> up, um, you know, passes and catches from him uh, to a place that now has Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, two guys that will demand a hundred targets. The, and then also, I mean, Edwards is still a guy that people have a lot of faith in and Derek Carr likes. Yeah. I don't know where the abandoned targets are going to come from for Adams. Uh, for me, he drops down a little bit as well because it's the same thing. 29 massive contract, new team, new offense, limited target share. Value drops, he's probably in the same range of 9 to 11 for me, dynasty-wise. And I might be too low on these guys right now, but I look at like a three-year window when acquiring somebody. And for me, I look at his trajectory just decreasing naturally, even if he was in Green Bay. So now going to another offense that I think is going to be too crowded for him to be a number one, because like realistically, all three of those guys could see 100 targets. This is true. But I don't know, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the the Raiders like to throw the ball. Uh, I mean, they do got Josh Jacobs back there, who is a probably roughly 1,300, 1,400 yard, uh, purpose yard back. Um, so he's going to give it targets out of the backfield. Um, they got King, uh, King of Drake, I think, is still there. Uh, who's a nice pass catching back. Um, so, yeah, these targets have got to come from somewhere. And um, Renfrew coming off a solid season where Waller was down uh, that, you know, Renfrew benefit from. But mm -hmm. now you're putting a a wide receiver one in that offense that Carr hasn't really had. So I think this is one of those instances like, you got to find somewhere to spread the ball out. And because you have so much talent already on the field, mm -hmm. his, his value is going to dip, uh, especially he's reaching that age 
where, you know, you start seeing receivers start to plateau. And then in this, in this age range, you see one, two years, and then you see the decline occur. So, yeah, I, I like your SMS of a three-year window. I'm right there. I, I've got him currently at my wide receiver 11, um, right outside the top 10 because there's so much talent there. And Carr's got to spread the ball around to all of them to keep them happy and to keep yeah. them on a winning on a winning trajectory. I mean, it's it's not even. I don't even think it's. It, yeah, I think it's more so about just being a team that can win more so than being a team that is making everybody happy. Because realistically, Devonte Adams just got his bag, so I think he's pretty happy. And so, spreading the ball around will mean that the team has more success in a division that is going to be jam packed. That it's going to be very competitive. I mean, getting the seven seed in the AFC this year is going to be such a difficult thing to do for these teams. We're yeah. going to see people falter because we have the dolphins that are a decent team and the bills that are a decent team. And we have all these in, um, and we have all these in this team, in this division that are really good. And then we let's talk about, well, the Ravens should probably be better. And we still have the Bengals um, Titans and Colts should both be playoff teams. So like, it's going to be crazy, but Ultimately, Devontae Adams, I think his value goes down a little bit for me just because of the target share won't be there. And that's, for me, is the biggest thing. Now let's talk about another receiver, Amari Cooper. Now, I think his value, I, I think this has dropped his value. I'm going to say that right up from the start because we have to say, if, if we're saying that Deshaun Watson isn't going to get an increase in value because they're a run-first team and... We also don't know if he's going to be there the full time. Well, Mari Cooper going from the Cowboys who throw the ball a million times a year to now the Cleveland Browns that run the ball a million times a year, his value is going to decrease. Now, what is positive, though, is the talent around him is not like Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, C.D. Lamb, Zeke Pollard. He doesn't have a lot of pass catchers around him to take that away. Yes, Chubb and Hunt are good, but... I don't see a lot of other options unless the Browns are going to go draft a receiver, which will still be a a, a second round receiver. So the draft capital is not there to like dominate and take over. I don't see other people just kind of stepping in Anthony Schwartz. I don't really see um, stepping on his toes. Donovan people's Jones is going to get targets, but I don't see him stepping on his toes. David and Joku, they're going to want to get more touches, but I don't see him stepping on his toes. So like, his value goes down a little bit because they're not going to throw a lot, but I think he still has an opportunity to surprise people this year. Yeah, this is a receiver that I'm buying low in a lot of my leagues because of the I'm selling him as the well, Cleveland's run first team. You don't know what's going on with Watson this year. You know, it's a, it's a good target because yes, his value is going to dip, but a lot of people is going to see it's going to dip so far that you're going to be able to get him fairly cheap. Uh, and you need to jump on that, even if he's going to be your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. It's someone that you can stash and cash in later. Um, you know, I, I'm not targeting him for a massive year this year. I'm looking at year two and three um, based on your window that mm. you said earlier. I'm looking at year two, three that I want to benefit from uh, a trade for him. So this is one of those change of scenery people that will not pay off this year, but I think has a huge upside within the, by the end of next year. 
Yeah. Uh, well, but then again, also, Amari Cooper's contract is going to step up big time next year, and so is Deshaun Watson's contract going to step up big next year. So it's going to be interesting to see if he'll stay and maintain. But I do think being the clear-cut number one is a positive thing, but I do think being on a team that is going to run the ball a lot is a downgrade that we have to talk about. So, um, And then we can kind of – we already talked about Carson Wentz last week, so we're not going to talk about that again here because we talked about him on um, undervalued and overvalued type players and everything. Uh, so we'll just talk about our last player here with well, the guy that kind of started the offseason for us, and that's Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson going from Seattle to Denver. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. For me, I, I, I don't – he is not a top 10 quarterback in the league. People are talking about him as if he is. But I can quickly name 10 quarterbacks, at least dynasty-wise, that I'd rather have than Russell Wilson, not just because of age, but just because of skill and just the you know positional done their teams. Russell Wilson has entrenched himself as the lowest end quarterback one, the highest end QB two for me. Uh, we'll have to agree to disagree. I, I like I like Wilson as as a QB one. I think this gives him a bump um, with a solid backfield. He gets. I think he downgrades the receivers though. Um, yes. So there's that, but I think I think this helps him. One main reason is the AFC West is not known for its defenses. Um, their their secondary is is suspect on a lot of occasions, and mm-hmm. you see a lot of you see a lot of yards uh, when these teams match up. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to him to get garbage points, get uh, big games. So I think I've got him right at on my cusp of a top 10. I've got him 9, 10 debatable. I'm flipping back and forth depending on how I feel that day. Uh, so I think this is a is an upgrade, not major upgrade, but a slight upgrade for me mm-hmm. uh, with him getting out of Seattle because that division in itself is brutal defensively. Yeah. San Francisco, San Francisco and Arizona have really stingy defenses. Um so I think the change of scenery helps him be able to throw the ball, get more yardage, get garbage time points and shootouts. So, yeah, I think this is a little uptick, not a massive, but I've got him right around the, the QB 10, QB nine range. Yeah. And I, I'm okay to disagree on this. And I think for me, just like the, the downgrade on receivers is, is massive. I think both the receivers are his top two are lesser than his top two in Seattle. Um, uh, I think he obviously gets a little downgrade in tight end because we don't know what Albert O can actually do yet. I mean, he had a lot of talent coming out of college, out of, I believe out of Missouri, and he was pretty hyped up because he has a really nice size to him and decent speed, but injuries have kind of derailed him, but we still don't know. Um, Denver's offensive line is a little bit better than Seattle's, but people are, for some reason, I've been hearing this whole time, like Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. They are obviously going to win the division now and everything. And I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, their offensive line is still not that great. Their pass rush is still not that great. For you, one of your examples that you're using to say Russell Wilson is probably going to be a top 10 quarterback is that he's going to get a lot of garbage time points, which suggests that their defense is poor, which suggests they're going to be losing in games, which potentially would contradict everything that, NFL analysts are saying, I think you're right. I think Denver is going to be losing in a lot of games. They might win some games. I think Denver is an eight, nine win team. That's it. 
I don't yeah, think Russell Wilson. I agree. Them. I like. I don't understand this whole philosophy of like they were a quarterback away. Well, they're also also an offensive line and a decent pass rush away. Make sure they have Chubb, but I mean they really don't have like the like Denver's defense is just kind of like when we used to talk about Seattle. Like, oh no, Seattle's good for their defense and they're good for their run game. Well, hold on a second. That's been that dissolved over time. Pieces are there that show reminiscence of a former Denver defense and a decent offensive line. But realistically, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon were creating a lot for themselves as well. So I think if Denver can somehow improve the offensive line, there's still some guys in free agency. I think uh, as the time of recording this, like Dwayne Brown's still available at left tackle. JC Treader's still available at, at center. Those are two guys that are like, obviously can make a big change and impact on a team. There's some decent guards out there as well, but I say, hold on a little bit. If you can get Russell Wilson in a super flex league for like a straight up first this year, do it. Somebody starts asking for multiple firsts. I would veer away. I would much rather draft like Malik Willis than have Russell Wilson. People are going to argue with me on that. That's how I am because of the upside and age and everything. But for, for me, I just, I don't know if this is going to translate because we have to remember something. Russell Wilson does this thing. He's, he's really good for eight weeks. And then it just slowly breaks down if he's not getting protection and his play and performance kind of drop a little bit. And that could happen again if Denver doesn't take care of him. And here's, the, here's what we have to also talk about. The pass rushers in the AFC West are probably better as a whole than the pass rushers in the NFC West. Like, probably. If we took them all together and put them together, they're probably better as a collective unit. Yeah. Probably not by yeah, much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's razor thin. Probably, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but also, you got to think, I, I, I would take the secondary of the NFC West over the AFC yeah, West Yeah, this secondary. is true. So, I mean, but of course, you got to have time to throw the ball, too, to get to receivers. Mm-hmm. So, I think you're, you're kind of trading off. Uh, so yeah, I think that um, taper expectations on Wilson. Um, don't go in thinking that he's going to be a massive savior to your team. Uh, I made that mistake once already, um, but he's got the shelf life. I've stuck with him this long. I've got him since his rookie year. I've wrote, wrote him out this long, so I'm going to ride him till the wheels fall off. Yeah, that's ju- that's just the the idea that I have, but taper your expectations, super flex, uh, mid first is about as much as I would pay. Maybe nothing more than six, seven. If this was like a, 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 like a sell high type thing that we were saying, like I would, I would try and sell him high on the hype that the NFL community has created on him, that analysts draft analysts and, and NFL experts have created on him the change of scenery and just hype up Denver as much as possible and just be like, like I would hype up Russell Wilson as much as possible for like a week. And then I would just kind of send out trades and people were like, I thought you liked him. And it's like, Oh, I love him, but my team's shit. And I need to rebuild. Yeah. And if you can snag two firsts for him, if you can get one ten and a 23 first, I say fucking do it. Especially if yeah. you're not a contender, if you can pull that deal, do it. That's what I say. And with all that being said, we are done here for this episode of The Cheap Seats. Dynasty and Fantasy Analyst, Jason Teasley. I am Tyler Lauder. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, If you are here on YouTube, subscribe, like down below. 
comment below what you guys think of stock watches for some of these guys you know they're going up or down based on these new locations uh, be on the lookout because as free agency is kind of winding down uh, we're gonna have a series on youtube where i'm gonna be dropping videos of like our top 15 new additions which is these traded guys are free agents going from new you know going to a new town and starting a new life in the new nfl team also you can check us out we are partners with the w2m network and on that same network, Jason's got some cool movie podcasts that he does. Going to talk about those for a second. Where can they see you at? Where can they hear you at? Yeah, you can check me out on uh, either Damn You Hollywood or the Triple Feature with Mark Radledge over on W2M. Um, a lot of movie reviews we run the gambit, so definitely check that out. We've got one coming up uh, this weekend, a Triple Feature. So if you like movies, definitely check us out. We do a lot of movie reviews over there. Some that I'm not even a part of because I stay busy. Yeah. And you can check me out, Love War Challenges podcast. Talk about MTV The Challenges, reality TV show with MTV Malik and Giftmaster Bex over on Twitter. Uh, that's it for us. Be sure to follow, subscribe. Be ready to check us out. We got more content coming. We're easing our way into the NFL season 2022. And as always, go out there and make some trades.